You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Greetings, Pokes. This is CompuBot. Oh, no. CompuBot, what What happened to Ben? I've arrived to be third ho- ho- co-host. Did Commencing you- opening joke routine. Executing joke. Processing. Processing. Boy, I think there's some bugs that need to be worked out here. Processing at Pokes! You are Major Buttwad. Major Buttwad. Nope, I take it back. <laughs> this thing is great. Okay. All right, CompuBot. That's enough. We could tell. I told him he could do the opening. So, just. Pokes, I have lost complete control of CompuBot. You, you have to help me. Ben. You're in danger. Blink three times. I'm blinking. I'm blinking as many times as I can. My room is just tab cans. He's got four skateboards. I don't know why. He's a stationary computer. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's just um, let's just talk about like an '80s movie. All right. That'll keep him happy for a while while I figure out how to unplug him. Uh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a good comic book movie from the '80s, right? That we could watch. Right. Do one with lots of sexual assault. Okay. okay. We'll do one of the weird requests, but we'll do one of those, right, I guess. Copybot's a that... little edgy. I'm not sure I like him. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll just see if we can adjust some dials here and see what we get out of it. But I guess... Yeah, is there, I mean, is there like I, a predatory I, dial? Can you turn that down? I guess if you could... Cho- yeah, if we... If, so I guess if we... But just to... You know, for him, if we could just choose... Sorry, I'm a little nervous. If we could just choose, you know, a movie that's, like, super inappropriate, you know? Just, like, really... Like, really not okay on, like, well, every... Like, how inappropriate? Because we already did... Uh, what's that movie? I, I, well, Howard okay. the Duck? Less, more inappropriate than yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. I mean, in the scale of 80 movies, it might not be a Revenge of the Nerds, which is, by the way the grossest movie that's ever been made by a man. So it must have to be somewhere kind of in between. Let's okay, go with something okay. with like Robert Johnny Jr. that is, is in it, you know, so, something like that. Okay. Any ideas? So an RDJ movie. Uh-huh. Uh, hmm. How about ooh, from the 80s? Yeah, like and 85? Based on a comic like right... book movie. When did Iron Man 1 come out? <laughs> Pokes, for the love of God! Oh, wait, the I got it! Is running! Weird science. No, How really. Did I think there's about a it? clock on CompuBot, and it's counting down, and I don't know what happens at the end. Is it a is it a digital clock? Because those are pretty big in the '80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. CompuBot's huge. I think he's half clock. Half clock. Mostly clock. <laughs> is he just is he just a Casio watch with like a in an <laughs> yeah. arcade stand? Yeah. There's yeah, a reference like so. nobody's gonna get. I'm safe to talk right now because that joke process, that, that that joke he executed, really powered him down for a while. He's got to take, he's got to restore his, you know, his bits or something. I don't know. He was making, he was being very vague about it. Anyway, um, let's just do like weird science, like you know that yeah. John Hughes movie where two boys make a full-grown woman who then like sleeps with them. Yeah, this <laughs> and... movie. I'll be honest. I have notes that end this way. I have about six of them. This is deeply upsetting. I don't like this. This is very upsetting. This is deeply upsetting. This scene is also deeply upsetting. That's I only have like 12 notes and like five of them Look, end with this is deeply upsetting. 
I, I have pl plenty of notes, but I will say that they're, they are a roller coaster because just for a preview, they kind of go, oh, shit, this one's pretty horny pretty early. Oh, oh, Tony's here. Tony Stark, everybody. All right, this is fun. Little Oingo Boingo. And then suddenly, oh, God, sweet Jesus. Oh, no, you can't do this movie. That's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's holy shit. I mean, it, like, it's insane. I, I will because... give this movie credit for one thing, though. Never has a movie started and gotten to its premise quicker in the history of sin. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I mean, like our origin, we have that origin story principle that our fans are aware of, that the movie really needs to get to its core concept or core hero concept in the first 30 minutes. And this one, this one was worried that it was going to get canceled mid-production. So they, I got, mean, they, I, got, they, got, they fucking got to it. I, I feel like she appears... In the first six and a half minutes, at least, like they make her, she appears, and crazy shit happens. And I put a note down that I was like, "Did I skip like ahead somehow in this movie? Like, does IMDb put chapters in their film?" Because I was very confused. It went from them being like pantsed in high school, and then like, "Let's build a woman." And I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Also, no, it's, no it's, setup that post, this kid's really good on. with computers or anything. It, it's fucking insane. It goes exactly that way. It goes from. We are like losers in school. Oh no, we've been pranked by Tony Stark. Uh, cut to Oingo Boingo sequence, opening sequence. And then as we come out of it, the two teens are like, hey, what if we got into necromancy? Like, it's yeah. out of control. Well, with like. <laughs> Out of control. Like, that is literally the pitch he gave to his friend. They're watching Frankenstein. He turns around and says, what if we made, what if we animated a woman? He says, what if we made a woman? And his friend says rightly, that's fucked up. I don't want to dig up corpses. <laughs> Which I felt like, I was just like, what is happening? And I could not believe how quick she appears and how slow anything happens for the rest of the film. Like, it's she appears, because... and then it's, like, one long end scene that just takes way too long. John Hughes, you know, the, his movies don't typically, like, have some sort of hard-hitting, like, complex plot. There isn't just sort of, like, a hero's journey. There isn't, like, tons of complications and turns in the story. You know, it's, it's typically someone's a nerd. And, or someone's in, like, a social scenario in high school that is complicated and difficult. And through a sequence of dates or a dance or, you know, uh, some kind of social event, they sort of explore themselves and they conquer something and they come out the other side different. And along the way, they're kind of racist and very, very, very out of line in every yeah, sexual I, capacity. I would say that most John Hughes <laughs> films are, like, awkwardly about teenagers, like, which, I mean, they're, they're accurate, I guess, because teenagers are really into sex when they're, you know. But, like, they're a little, like, awkward when you watch them now and you're like, oh, this is kind of gross. All these people are minors. But, like, they're, it's usually not super creepy. And they're usually at least, like, seniors, or I guess in 1.16. But, like, they're at least, you know, and it's usually, like, implied sex, not actual sex. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and the implication of many of the scenes is that like everyone's being playful, even if they cross boundaries that we would not be okay with in this more, yeah, more yeah. enlightened I, I day mean, and age. He's and definitely that's... a very eighties film, but this Fine. movie is and I'm sure fucked. <laughs> I'm sure teens would in the eighties would you know use let's say a common homophobic slur 
and have no awareness of the problem the problem the problems of what they're saying right yes. that would be technically accurate if somewhat reprehensible to put in a movie at any period in history <laughs> yeah there but is I, here we are doing it says, boy this feels like a lot of homophobia and i i went into it knowing it's the 80s and like you know people used to be like oh that's gay or whatever but like they're like hard yeah. dropping the there's F's some hard there. and i was there's like, some hard f-bombs really in there weird and a couple of times what is interesting actually is um I, when doing some research for this episode, I came across a, a, a New Yorker uh, article written by Molly Ringwald about her, like, like looking back at her time doing John Hughes movies. And it's not, opt- it's, it's not complimentary. <laughs> yeah. She, 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 she goes on like a, 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 a good chunk of the article sort of describing how gross it was looking in looking back uh now as a grown person with a different perspective and how like homophobic and and profoundly racist a lot of the movies that she herself worked on were which is quite a thing to say from someone that you if you if you say john hughes that's the person that you instantly picture right like that's just yes. the, that's just that's that's the uh mascot of the john hughes movie but so. they also famously had a very bad falling out and she yes. like turned on him publicly and has constantly maintained like she's never ever supported him since and like says those movies were trash and it's sort of weird you know i and definitely the movies are like very offensive uh, not i wouldn't say very offensive some of them are just you know product project products of the 80s some of them do have a like pretty obvious racism really a lot of homophobia in some of them but i mean like he also made like I mean, he's made like a fuck ton of movies. He made Home Alone, you know what I mean. So it's like his range of uh, yeah, films is of like course. all over and, the and, place. And movies like The Breakfast Club are attempting to tackle like the complexities of teen life and being forced into social roles and and parental expectations and societal expectations. So it's not like he's writing movies in which the purpose is women are objects for us. That is until he got to Weird Science, yes, which it, is precisely that's the that. That's thing movie. that I thought was really weird is so many of his movies are about like girls trying to like come to grips with the fact that like in the eighties they're not treated super well or like the superficiality of high school for girls, you know. And he's I, I know yeah, they they tons of, the tons of women loved John Hughes movies, so you know they, he must have done something. But this film right. is like objectification. The film. It is pretty rough because, like we said, the movie kicks off with them just forming a woman who is, as the movie goes on, but doesn't explain it, nor does anyone react to it, magic. Well, Um, here's the thing. that There's so many confusing parts to this movie (laughs) about, like, so they decide to make a woman, and he says, let's do it with your computer. Sure. Okay. For some reason, this kid's computer in the 80s has, like, 3D 3D modeling. Uh, and it has a special program to make really big boobs, which yeah. is upsetting. Um, but, like, they all of a sudden... They don't like, have the processing the power. power. So they start, yeah. like, plugging other stuff in, and they get on the internet, and I guess they go to government computer. They never exactly explain where it is. But it's, like, an old, like, reel-to-reel computer, which I don't even think he, was it still used <laughs> in the 80s, but... They start like trying to figure out, and he's like hacking. Yes, and it like, was. Like, 
Thank you, copybot. Thank, thank, thank you, copybot. Uh, there's like uh, a whole like hacker scene where they're like inside the computer and it's running around and like all I this mean, stuff. To be it's fair, so Pokes. confusing, and they never explain that this kid's like a hacker or anything. To, to be clear, Pokes, it is. I at least appreciate that they went through the effort to be technically accurate during this scene. You know, it's really good to see like the the the, the logistics of you know internet you know uh uh you know uh firewall breaking you know kind of uh of cpu processing power it's all very accurate you know because when i connect to a high-end computer uh network you know i travel through sort of like a a neon tunnel and as i load up the programs i see like einstein's theories kind of float past me in 3d you know what i mean right yeah this (laughs) was the we build computer you and i build computers you know so we understand that part (laughs) <laughs> that was also a part that became very confusing. So they start being like, let's, you know, explain who she is. And first of all, they say they want her to be an airhead. But then they're, like, putting these things into a computer. And it's, like, a random pair of legs, a pair of lips, and then Einstein's head. Wouldn't the computer think they wanted the woman to look like Einstein? Not yeah. Be like, they probably mean his brain. It's like a reverse fax machine that's, like, yes. going into the computer and it's, like, processing. It's like a mail like slot put it... into a computer that's somehow reading Yeah, they what put in, like, are. a whole chess magazine as if the computer is going to sort of parse the the pages of chess magazine and then teach this fictional woman chess i just i know that this is a fucking i know i know that even when they wrote this they know it's funny right like they know this is stupid when they wrote this yeah but this also feels like every 80s movie about computers yeah like you (laughs) go inside them it's like that's not really how computers work But like, who could who could be like? That's not true. Everybody in the audience is like, "Fuck, what's a computer?" But it's pretty weird that they, the sequencing is is that we we model a hot woman on a computer and then we run out of processing power, so we like hack into the Pentagon. Yeah, we're like, which has what, what one, it, like one guy. What's that thing called? Uh... Yeah, has has like one guy watching it who's always eating and, and is always surprised <laughs> they know they're being hacked but there's no way for he, them to stop and he it. can't he can't stop it and then there's like lightning you yes, know there's, strikes there's a the weird house. lightning storm which they don't explain but what's really weird is so they make this woman and they hook up a doll to like jumper cables yeah which is i mean and then they, i understand that that they went into this thing not because they started this process like being like well we're so lonely let's just like program a woman simulation on your computer that we can ask questions and like that's a suggestion that could be real not in this time age not in 85 but it's like a suggestion that could be real enough that it's not well, that crazy and somewhere without dialogue they move into let's jumper cable this doll and turn it into a real woman but well, they don't this, actually like discuss how they got there this is also like when i realized that the something i was like oh no this is bad uh what what's his name uh wyatt is like is it wyatt or gary it's gary says gary is anthony michael hall real fucked up sexual situations like real fucked up stuff or something he says like that and i was like yeah he does say that these guys are like gross i I don't want to root for these people and then so they turn they create a woman who is for some reason british they i don't i never saw them put anything yeah i never really understood why she's british yeah um she appears and it just becomes very confusing from there it like the movie takes a somehow worse turn and i was like 
so she shows up and she's like we're gonna go out on the town and she's just you know walking around and they're like oh my god it worked and they shower with her for some reason but they stay fully dressed and they're just watching her naked shower which is upsetting because these kids are 15 years old like so it's this is a grown woman it's weird uh i know like in the 80s there was like this thing where it was like ooh, older women with teenage boys like no that's that's still not right guys this <laughs> is so hard to get past because the movie is riding on the idea that you're like no 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 it's a it's a fictional woman she's made by a computer but i you know you can't get past it that she identifies her own age i think at some point in in her 30s and now, I think goes she on says she's like in her i think she's supposed to be like tw- i think they say she's 23 something like that yeah and yeah, she which, goes like, on right, come on guys <laughs> to like yeah shower with them make out with them well, like yeah I, yeah she take tries them, to have sex them. with wyatt uh, yeah with wyatt but he passes out Correct. She starts doing a woman's gymnastic routine and he passes out. And then he wakes up in her underwear, which I didn't understand. Yeah. Uh, and then as if and, and he wakes up, they think it's all a big dream until he gets out. And the first indication that it wasn't a dream it's is that he walks. She's, she's dressed him in her panties for some reason. And he's walked to the bathroom. I, I know ladies which is a, hear a man say Which panties. is a weird scene because you're just yes. looking at a 16-year-old's crotch which is fine so, so this is um, the thing he gets up and walks out and it's very quick and you're like oh he's wearing her underwear kind of ha-ha. then he goes downstairs and she's making breakfast and he tells her she has to disappear because of his older brother chet who we'll get to in a minute uh will be mad if he sees Whew. her chet comes down wearing only a towel which is too small uh steals why it's or, yeah why it's breakfast he comes around the corner and chet sees that he's in women's underwear that so should yeah, be, we, that should be we Max. Kept, the end of the joke. We kept that going. We kept that going. But instead, Chet calls him back, and they proceed to have a conversation where the whole time, it is shot from like knee up, so you can see this kid who I imagine is a kid. He seems very young. He he was sixteen in, when he filmed this. In a this, women's yes. like, revealing underwear, facing the camera sometimes, talking to another grown man who is we find out completely naked underneath a towel except for i'm sure you know bill paxton had like a you know a dick sleeve on or whatever but like it was like i i was like what the fuck is going on why do you keep like i i understand he's wearing underwear you don't have to sh- keep it in frame for the joke yeah to be fun. like go back to I just like the i couldn't fathom i was just seeing like, this why is it filming this so long that was What's very... also really funny here is this is a great time to mention that this is supposed to be based on roughly a series of comics that came out in the 70s uh uh called weird science which is mostly the kind of like an anthology you know uh magazine with comics in it um like i understand that this isn't cut from the scenes of weird science because you know we did we did like uh tales from the crypt right and those aren't necessarily Sometimes they're inspired by or variations of stories. Sometimes yeah, they're sometimes brand they're based new. on a specific story, but sometimes there's brand new ghost stories of some kind. But this is just sort of <laughs> this is the least like the material that we've ever done, <laughs> and that is no more clear than we're watching a 16-year-old in tight-fitting, high-waisted women's underwear argue with Bill Paxton about eggs. <laughs> Well, Bill Paxton is mad at him saying that his dad's going to freak out because he's wearing women's underwear. By the so way, the implication Bill... being that he's a transvestite, and that's bad. 
let's yeah that's not great but it's obviously but also not the worst thing the movie has to say um no, but let's talk so about many things this movie let's just go ahead let's just talk about casting real quick as we bring up bill paxton who is by the way fucking fantastic uh, it's no wonder his career took off i here. feel like they gave bill paxton coke or so i mean he is like he is over the top on another level he's chewing scenery like there is no tomorrow and he's so committed to what is a terrible role and i I hate to say it the kid who plays wyatt cannot act at all he's like constantly just blank faced looking at a camera sometimes it's it's really bad Okay, I, I, and I and I, I do I do want to talk about that because there is some interesting casting here. Um, Bill Paxton played Private Hudson in Aliens. Yeah. Okay, thank, that's thank you, thank you Kamavat. That was great. Thanks for thanks for chiming in. Um, but uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, so yeah, Bill Paxton's in this. It's one of his first movies. It 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 set him off as like a star, which is fucking insane. Um, uh, but the guy who played Wyatt. Did not do a ton of acting. No, before uh, or after. Do, do you know what he went on to do? Oh, I hope it's not something like terrible. No, he it's incredible and John bizarre. Lennon, no, oh. <laughs> no, no. He went on. So a, he has he went on to receive. This is so bizarre. A a, a bachelor's in medieval studies. As one from does. the University of California Davis, which is just fantastic. Good to see then somebody else wasted their college time. A master's in medieval studies, which is increasingly cool. He then got his doctorate degree, I think, uh, uh, in something, and then went on to become a professor, where he continues to this day to teach uh, in in California. In his free time, he is a frequent publisher for Wizards of the Coast product Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> and is a staff writer for uh, a number of wargaming magazines. Wow. You know, I have more respect for this kid now. <laughs> so he did like weird science and like a handful of other movies. Yeah, because I, I, when we were doing this, I was like, who plays the other kid? And I looked down, I was like, I, ne- yeah. I don't recognize this name. And I looked his... and his, I was afraid to look because his imdb credits ended so abruptly i was like oh no oh, i don't no. want to know that this kid died tragically of a drug overdose or something yeah he did a couple of movies uh into the into like the late 80s uh and then stopped and he's had like a random appearances mostly because of his role in weird science he was on an episode of uh what's the show uh of the goldbergs um that oh, does like a weird okay. science homage episode uh in which he plays like a teacher but yeah so he went on to become a D content creator <laughs> And a professor. That's that's wild. And a, and a medieval professor, which is just fucking fantastic. Um, but so <clears throat> what I did want to get to because we we talked over it and or talked past it, and I think perhaps it's for the best that we talked past it. But you know, if you were to rank the problematic stuff in this movie, there's a fair share of it. And when we, when we before we watched it, I would have assumed the worst thing would be probably you know um the the act of a 20 something year old woman having sex with a underage I, teenager i assumed having never seen weird science the movie i saw the tv show uh, right i've never seen the movie my assumption was it was going to be a lot of dick and fart jokes 
and some standard 80s homophobia. I was not expecting where this went at all. You're not, you're, were you, I'm sorry, you weren't expecting the blues club they go to? That, when they, when she's like, <laughs> we're going to a club, and they show up, and they walk in, and it was like an all-black club, I was just like, oh, please let this scene end immediately before they do something super racist. And guess what? They do something super racist and super fucking gross. Uh, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall <laughs> is forced to drink alcohol after Wyatt goes into the bathroom and sits on a man taking a shit. We're just going to yeah, pass they over never, that. They, 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 they do nothing with that. That just happens, and then we move yep. on, which is weird. We cut out to Anthony Michael Hall, who is told he has to drink by a confusing group of people that contain, like, a 65-year-old black man, uh, a guy who I couldn't tell what he was supposed to be. He looked like he was, like, a bandit I think the indication from, like, a Steven is that, Seagal movie. <laughs> I think the indication that he's, like, Cuban or something okay, yeah, he's... Is, that, is the suggestion that's made in the in the film. But, yeah, they're all... They're all, this motley assortment of, and of folk here. And for some reason, they're all gathered together to try to make Anthony Michael Hall, who is clearly a child, drink clearly, alcohol. and he, not just like have a beer, but like it's, it's drink bourbon. this bourbon. Yes. <laughs> and when he says, "I don't think so," the implication is, <laughs> "We'll kill you." And you think that sounds like pretty bad, Ben uh, and Pogues and and Copypot. Um, that sounds pretty bad. What an outrageous scene! No, no. We're, we haven't gotten to the bad part This yet. was the point where I actually thought, could I just lie and tell Ben I watched the whole thing and just stop <laughs> it here? Because I found this next part so... And this is where I wrote, this is the most and, upsetting scene I've seen in one of these movies. And we watched that Sheena movie where they just had a straight-up nude 10-year-old. Yeah. this I thought the Sheena child sequence was yes but they just had like a topless kid running around i was like yeah this yeah, is yeah. distasteful a, a kid in the, in, in the range from like like baby to like uncomfortable yes um yeah so 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 anthony michael hall who has now had significant amount of bourbon enough to to ha have him become severely intoxicated uh -huh. is, now, is wearing, now wearing glasses and now wearing glasses and like one of their hats yes and smoking and he and smoking, and he is now having a conversation with them, and he is doing, doing a facsimile of a like, of a black. I, I don't of, even know like a, what to call the voice. I don't he's doing. know what. It's, it's a high pitched. It's, it's a facsimile I, I of what a white guy from Illinois thinks that like an well, I, I like, 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 a, like, like a, a a jazz bar frequenting like you know African American would sound like, and it's basically him doing a caricature. Uh, which is then enhanced not just by him doing like the voice that he's attempting to do, but also he's describing his first like kind of relationship this, in high school. This in... is the part that became I I just kept I kept writing it. Yeah, he begins to describe a girl he liked who was an eighth grader. He says, which instantly I was like, oh, I don't like where this story is going. No, nope. and then he explains the reason he was hooked on her was because. Of and this is a direct quote from the movie, her titties, and I was like, yeah, this, "You were talking about a straight up child," and 
they then go on to talk about how good they were and how she'll never need i mean it was it was like the grossest thing i've ever heard and even like coming from a person who i assume was like 15 i'm like it's still super gross and he just keeps going and they're like oh man and he's like i called her every night for a month and they're like every night and it's like what the fuck and he's like it's supposed to be like he's telling them like a blues story about like his lost love and, and he's then, like saying everything like man she's got <laughs> she's got big titties yeah and again, you know what i mean and, 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 oh god i mean yeah. it's so gross and i i did i honestly thought i was like i bet you i could just skip ahead and he'd never know i didn't watch it well here's the fun thing if you want to skip ahead like like the 16 year old in women's underwear this bit goes on oh because it, it was like it two, goes on it three or four minutes long it goes on for quite a while in the bar and then they leave the bar and then in the car because he's, he's still drunk still doing the voice he's still wearing the hat they're doing a whole car sort of like stunt sequence and he's in the fucking back of the car doing running commentary in the most racist way possible in the purple I, it, hat with the way, feather in a it way, is i don't even think it's racist because he doesn't sound anything at all like what i think he's trying to imitate because i assume they were like they went to anthony michael hall and be like sound like this and he was like i don't know what that means <laughs> like what do you mean sound like that uh, i don't think people have a certain see i mean i feel like it was like anthony michael hall being like i don't understand groups of people don't sound a certain way that's absurd and so he was trying to do it with them coaching him, which is even more upsetting as my guess. But it is he he keeps doing the voice through like half of the movie and then it stops and never does it again, which I was thankful for. But I couldn't figure out why he kept doing it. To be fair, he does dip into it one more time later in the film. But yes, oh, uh, okay. the, I, the, the, the bit's opinion. finally over. No, it's it's astonishing. It's astonishing. I mean, I understand. I understand that John Hughes thought it was funny for like a white like 20 like like 16 year old teen from illinois to like be 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 like a hardened like like city per, like 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 person i don't know, you know it, to be so far out of his element was what the what the, i think the amusement was supposed to be but jesus christ i don't understand I, this i think was well uh established i again doing some research i i stumbled on a really great article by uh, on medium by a, a writer named malud sadiq who wrote uh an article titled loving john hughes movies while black um in which he describes his like love hate or, or as he calls it abusive relationship with john hughes movies in which he does get to that scene he describes like loving weird science as a kid um even as like a teen and like even though he understood the severe problems with that sequence and other sequences and like having to like skip it in during rewatches you know so it's like I, it's really it, i recommend it you know i can't i can't summarize it on the podcast but it is interesting to hear that perspective because from my perspective i felt like you pogues where i just wanted to like move forward because i wasn't super worried about losing any plot because there yeah, is i was just like i was like oh, i don't like this at all and then as the movie went on they went from being, I guess, uh, the victimizers to being the victim. It was really weird. Because, uh, like, like well, she basically tries to have... And I get that, like, you know, you could be like, well, she's a computer. She's not a real person. So it's not really, you know, it's like their fantasies. But it's just, like, a very weird premise. And like, I mean, she's, they not, never... she's not a hologram. You know what I mean? Like, she's well, the prob... a person. Right. The problem I have with it mostly is... They never set it up that, like, 
it seems like she wants to fuck them. Like, she was really into the idea, which is weird. Because, like, it feels like the idea should be, like, she's trying to... Like, they brought her to life, and her goal is what appears to be the actual goal of the movie, even if it's done in the worst way possible, is she's trying to make them get self-confidence and not think of themselves as losers. So if she was doing that without being like, I'm definitely going to fuck you, it would be a better movie. But it doesn't become clear that's her plan to, like, the last ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> so it's and like, there's... wait, what? Because at one point she's like, I'm going to make them. And I was like, oh, I thought this woman just wanted to sleep with them. It's repeatedly unclear. The, the the entire movie after the weird science bit that everyone's familiar with, where like she comes out of the closet and there's an explosion and, and all kinds of stuff. Like everyone knows that part. There's nothing un there's nothing new that unravels. Like at first it suggests that she's like their like, you know, robotic like creation that they have control over. And then it becomes clear that she's sort of like a I don't know, Puck character that's just sort of like magic and disassociated from reality and capable of just sort of doing whatever. And then, yeah, and she seems to just create chaos. She quite literally pulls a gun on one of their parents and kidnaps the that's, children. And, and that's the thing that I found very weird about the, like, the premise of the film is, like, she wants them to become, like, self-confident and cool. So she takes them to, like, this weird jazz bar. Like, what was the point of that? And then she goes and picks up Gary and threatens his parents with a gun after she says she's basically going to take their underage child to a teenage orgy and then tells the mom that he jerks off. And I was like, why is... I, I, that, 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 that was yet another thing where I put down. Well, I'm I deeply upset by this scene. I don't mean... Yeah, I, this, is, this is rough uh, because... Throughout the whole movie, I'm wondering, like, oh, where are the parents, you know? Because, like, the parents are gone for the weekend at the kids' house. But, like, I'm wondering, where are the parents? Like, like is Chet ever going to come into contact with this bizarre adult woman that's hanging out with their teenage son slash brother or whatever? And then eventually, the movie kind of dodges that by having, like, her walk out of the room when Chet enters, implying that, like, almost like they only know that she exists, right? Which is, like... You know, it makes sense that, that, that they avoid, like, the obvious insanity of, like, a parent encountering a 20-something-year-old person, woman, like, draped over her, their, their their teenage son. But then the movie's like, ah, fuck it. Let's just go. Let's just go have her show up at the other kid's house and be like, yeah, your son jerks off and I'm going to fuck him and we're going to party. Don't worry about it. Uh, you, what, you have a problem with that? Well, what if? What if you fucking died? <laughs> yeah. What if I pulled out a gun and just blew your fucking head off? Because I'm going to take your son to get an STD. It was just... I, and I, what if I mind, fucking I added thought... you in this wood panel basement? Wouldn't that be funny? And then, weird like, the science. Part that was, yeah, the part that was so weird to me was... was like, how is this helping Gary? And then she's like, don't worry, they'll yeah. get it. So why did you do it? Why did you, you go there? It. He wasn't happy about it. But again... There isn't a, there is no plot here. It's not like at some point they establish, oh, but there's a big dance and she's gonna come and help us like win the girls we like and have established friendships with and turn us into, you know, relationships. We have the big dance or the big show or the big game. You know what I mean? Like every eighties movie just had a big something to drive to. This movie doesn't even have that. This movie, she shows up, just creates chaos 
essentially rapes children and then the well, movie's like let's throw a party and that's the end of the film <laughs> what's crazy is so there's a scene uh when they're at the mall and uh they're Jesus trying to buy Christ. perfume for her which is weird uh-huh which is fine she's in like i don't know a victoria's secret staffed by like a 97 year old librarian i didn't understand why that woman was working at a lingerie counter but she like gets this underwear and then she says if you were a 15 year old boy would you think this is sexy and i was like that woman should call the police like that woman should be like hold on a second go to a phone and say there's a sexual predator in my store <laughs> because that's a yeah. creepy ass thing for someone to say and, and i know people do this all the time and sometimes it's 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 sort of an inaccurate way to frame things but i'm gonna do it anyway imagine a movie in which in which a man goes into like the gap to buy like a, a fine jacket and slacks and turns to the shopkeeper and was like, you think this would turn on a 15 year old girl? Yeah. And then says, do you have anything like in leather? <laughs> it's just like, I feel like, what the, and it's just like one of those things that's like very weird. Just one is like, why Jesus does she have to buy clothes? Christ. She's magic. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Was... <laughs> well, the, the magic is confusing because often it's like, a way for the director to snap their fingers to get out of a scene, basically. And other times, it just resolves all the conflict. Because, by the way, the problem is is that you have this untamed creation, right? She's not a person. She's born of this machine. She's born of sort of a bunch of your weird preferences and, and pop culture. And so she doesn't have, like, you know, a basis for reality. So I thought the premise of the movie would be that she would, like, at first, it's like, whoa, a cool hot babe. And then by the end of the movie, she's like, she's fucking our lives up, man. We got to do something. She's yeah. blowing stuff up. But no, the she never goes out of control. It's them that goes insane at the end of the movie and accidentally tries to make more. Well, more she actually, fucking... she also goes insane. She takes two uh, oh, right. elderly people and freezes them and puts them in a cupboard. Grandparents get frozen, which hilariously. Do they ever resolve Paxton. that? No, they're still in there. Um, uh, they, like the house is just reassembled after the big wild party they throw. So there's no consequences for their actions. The woman disappears and then weirdly reappears. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> ending of this was very around. confusing. I was like, wait, but what? The, but the two teens are fully cleared of any wrongdoing. There is, there is no lingering consequences. And they now have girlfriends who, by the way, have terrible senses of, of personal safety. Because yeah, they I mean, like, party. first they were dating two pieces of shit just because they were popular, and now they they date two people who are like the, the what chase but, a biker but, gang out of their house. Yeah, what they see are two guys that that that, that accost a biker gang with a revolver, and then steal cars and drive them in through a car, a, a needless car chase, and then they're like, "Man, yes. this is great. Like, we should hang out more." And like. If that didn't set off any red flags, I yeah, I those I girls are not going to make future. it. They are they're not long for this world, unfortunately for them. But you're right, you're right. The uh, Lisa, the the creation, does go a little like out of control when she like spawns mutant bikers, which is yeah, really she, not where she, I saw this going. And this is what, like I said, this is the confusing part of the plot to me is. This is where they introduce the idea that she's doing all this to make them popular so they can get girls. Which is weird because earlier we saw her buying underwear to try to turn them on. So that's odd. But So that's the plot that we're now going with. Odd. 
Yeah. And her plan is she makes these bikers show up and like basically beat these kids up. And then they start, they pull Wyatt and Gary out and start making fun of them. And all of a sudden, all the people, like, imagine being in a house and like Mad Max gang breaks in and is like firing a shotgun in the air, is pushing people into walls, beating people up. And then one of them's like, hey, this guy wears a bra on his head. And everybody starts laughing. I would be like, I'm leaving. I'm going to sneak out of here while these idiots are talking. <laughs> because I'm not going to hang around and start laughing about these insane monsters who just drove through a house. Now, Pogues, when you said Mad Max gang, were you being literal? Uh, I mean, it felt like it was. Well, then you're correct. Because the character that they ultimately confront, the guy with the mohawk, is played by Vernon Wells, who played the central antagonist in Mad Max 2 Road Warrior, uh, Wes, wearing the same outfit. Yeah, he has like the same makeup on, doesn't he? (laughs) Yes, he does. I was like, huh, they must own the Mad Max franchise, I hope. They they brought, it's not just like an inspired Mad Max gang. It's one of the members of the quintessential Mad Max biker gang. So I just had to address that because it's insane. And then there's uh, what's his name? Who in? plays, it's, by uh, the way, Lord General? Yeah, uh, Michael Berryman. Yeah, Michael, the, 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 the guy who was in plays. Giver. Yeah, he was in Giver. He's famously in like Hills Have Eyes. He, he's in, he's been in a bunch of like horror movies because of uh, uh, his his condition, hep, hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia, <laughs> which gives him no sl- sweat glands, hair, fingernails, or teeth, uh, which leads to him having sort of that like. Uh, like 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 distinctive features and whatnot, and he and he very smartly became like a, a like a very like well recognized actor uh, that that fits all these roles. It has a great line in this one, by the way. I love it when he's like, "Hey, can we keep this between us? I don't want it to affect my teaching." Yeah, I thought that was like a weird because it's like <laughs> the one guy's like, "Call bit. me, we can go to lunch," and he's like, don't, "Can we keep this between ourselves? I don't want this to affect my teaching job." And I was like, "What a bizarre." I mean, I, I thought it was funny. That was probably the funniest joke in the whole movie, but it uh, was, yeah. It's pretty fucking insane uh, that th- th- there is just no arc for anybody. Like, I mean, they get girlfriends and they confront these bikers, but only because they have the they're being backed by a magic person. You know what I mean? Well, like they I mean, have like, yeah. I don't know. That whole part to me seemed like really dumb because like what they should have had them do is like stand up to Robert Downey Jr. and his friends who were like the bullies who were constantly beating them up at school and stuff. So for them to like stand up to a group of fictitious people is like really weird. You know what I mean? Like it just seems so out of place. And it also seemed weird that they were afraid of him because it's like they had to know that Lisa had made them. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, I bet you this is... You know, I bet you these are real bikers who have come to our house mad that we didn't invite them to our party. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, like, I, I was expecting them to, like... I mean, these movies all have the same premise. They give someone, like, super-powered ability of some kind. In this case, they give them a person who helps them and has superpowered ability. And at some point 
they have to realize that they had it in themselves the whole time. They have to teen wolf it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they got, they have to yes, come they around. They have to teen wolf it. You know the expression people say. <laughs> hey, you know, Dad, I'm being picked on at school. I don't know what to do about this bully. Hey, you got to teen wolf it. I understand the reference. I don't know if that's who you want in your corner. I yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's powered down again. It's, it really takes him out of him to, to, to do pop culture references. So we'll just keep those going for the rest of the episode. And I should be safe. Um, but but th there is no sequence like that in this movie. They, 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 they jam a bunch of porno magazines into a computer. And a, and, a, a, and a fucking witch is born out of it who just materializes cars and tries to bang them and then they use that power to try and make more women to bang more of the people in their high school and then they sleep or not sleep with but but they connect with i mean to say the women that they were interested in the beginning who by the way they had no previous relationship with yeah other than <laughs> the fact that they are girls at their school they don't know anything about them and she's fact, just sort of these this... girls didn't even know who they were and then she just sort of disappears. Like she's some sort of fucking like, 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 like pornographic Mary Poppins. You know what I mean? Like she disappears. Yeah. And but then she them. shows up at the end and she's the gym teacher. Yeah. I didn't understand that. She's that really, that really threw me. Is she going to like live a life? Does she have like a, As a gym teacher? Like, cause that's a shit life. Does she have like an apartment now? Does she like, can she pay taxes? Like what's her plan? Like what's going to happen? <laughs> I have so many questions, folks. Yeah, it was like she's paying taxes and uh, like <laughs> hoping for like social security and trying to get health insurance. It was very, yeah, it was just such a weird ending to the film. Well, let's not forget that that wasn't quite the end. I mean, that was the ending. But right before that, um, Bill Paxton is turned into a literal, literal pile of Cronenberg shit. Mm -hmm. So that's something they stuck with for a while, too, huh? Yeah, that, that bit goes on for way too long. And that's sort of the thing that, like, I found confusing. And, I mean, we did, in the mini-episode, we talked about this. Supposedly, John Hughes wrote this movie in two days, and it really shows. Like, while watching this, I was like, yeah, this is definitely a first draft of a film that you never went back and fixed. Because, like, there's definitely a movie in here. Like, you could do this as a movie and just have it not be, like, you know, she helps him stand up to Chet. She helps the other guy, you know, find the confidence to ask this girl out. They stand up to their bullies. You know, they become, instead of, like, having a big party and becoming popular in that weird way, like, they become popular for being, like, the nerds they actually are. What You know what I mean? There's, like, a movie in there. Like, a comedy yeah. would work. Uh, but it's just, uh, boy. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's sandwiched between absolutely nothing. Because I even put down a note at one point towards the end of the movie. I was like, what is the message of this film? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, like uh, Breakfast Club has a message. Like, you know, it has, like, sort right. of a theme. Is like, you view people, you should look at people and just view them by their exterior appearance and sort of the prejudice you have for them based on that. You know, and that's, like, yeah, the whole there's thing. A shared, there's a shared collective of challenge and 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 mental pressure that 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 everyone from completely different you know different points on the 
on the spectrum of of teens uh uh can can all associate with yeah and i imagine like watching that as a teenager you know would also be like encouraging to be like oh the person at school that i don't know or don't like has a similar problem that i do which is often true um yeah these are again these there's there's like a message or at least a vibe that's trying to be pitched here there isn't anything here this is like a paycheck movie Well, and it's funny you should say that because this is literally... So John Hughes was, like, gaining popularity and basically they wanted a sort of, like, sex comedy movie. And he agreed to make them a movie if they would let him make another movie while he was making this movie. Like, they would they would pay for him to make a second film. So he filmed this movie while in pre-production and then production on Breakfast Club. So that's why you can tell, like, he does not care. He's just trying to make this movie and get it done and get it in theaters so that the studio will honor its deal and and release Breakfast Club. Because they come out, like, within months of each other, I think. It's, or maybe, like, less, they're less than a year apart. And so it is sort of, he definitely, he just straight up took this role specifically, you know, he made this movie just for that. And it really shows. Uh, It is not a good movie. No, it is pretty rough. Um, I it's you know what? No, uh, no addendum. It's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like even from like a standpoint of um, like just eight. I mean, like a lot of you know a lot of stuff from the eighties doesn't age well. A lot of stuff from like you know it just that, that's just the way it is. Is is you know we obviously now are like being like oh you know you shouldn't make jokes at the expense of people because of their race or sexual preference or stuff you know i mean it's like that doesn't happen now but you know i mean it's less like you're less likely to watch a movie where somebody's gonna be like oh that's gay or use call somebody the f word or the n word in like a derogatory way so you know i was expecting this to be like off color in a in an 80s sort of way but boy this was just this was like you said it like a revenge of the nerds sort of like really like rapey and offensive yeah a a movie in a movie in which they commit at least six different forms of non-consensual sex uh which is fantastic you know it's it's fantastic that that's you know a, a, a a franchise no less um and this movie is not quite that bad but it it certainly veers into some some pretty wicked directions <laughs> i mean yeah, and I, they... I mean what's weird too is like when you look at the movies he made around weird science this is like the only one i mean i guess national lampoon's european vacation has some pretty off-color jokes in it but like the three movies let's see four movies before this 16 candles you know sort of the start of his um you know like brat pack you know team movies yeah. the the uh, beginning of the hughes for sure yeah he had done mr mom before that uh which is like a funny movie with michael keaton uh then the breakfast club uh he wrote national lampoon's european vacation he did weird science and then did pretty in pink the next year ferris bueller's day off the next year some kind of wonderful the year after that and then planes trains and automobiles it this this movie doesn't fit in that Lineup yeah, it's, that you've it's just described wild. it's bizarre <clears throat> um, 
also, uh, so this I guess, dude made a lot of movies. I guess the question is, you know, the usual question we read to this part of the podcast, folks, would you watch it? Or would you recommend uh, it, I mean? Uh, no. I, I mean, like, if you had some affinity for it, you know, if you're for some reason old enough to have seen this movie at, like, you know, your formative years and have, like, a weird affinity for it, you know? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I, there's comedies I like that I know have not aged well, you know? Clerks and Mall Rats haven't exactly aged well, but, you know, so I'm going to let that part right. So if you have an affinity, I guess, yeah, go back and enjoy it. But maybe think yeah, about I, your I, life. I could see having watched this movie at that age, the age yeah, when like you were the, like the teens or 14. are. Yeah. I could but, see having it sort of become a, a, a and certainly like like Molly Ringwald, like reflect back out and be like, whoa, about some of the I, stuff, yes. in, but still like it. My main problem is, is like, even if we excuse a lot of the inexcusable things, it's not a funny movie. There's barely any what I would call jokes in it. There's not particularly that many good, like, like the actors are like all just sort of chewing the scenery. The story is really dumb. Uh, it, it's just a dumb movie. Like, there's nothing to it that makes it good. There's no funny moments. There's no, like, interesting effects. It's just like a bunch of random shit happens and then the credits roll. So it's not really worth watching at all. At least have like something funny happen or, or be like so bad it's funny. But in this, it's just a real yeah. shit show. What about You're you? You're absolutely right. There's there's no arc. No, I, I, I probably wouldn't recommend it. I was hoping for more, uh, some more Robert Downey Jr. to be amused by. And there really isn't a lot. And, he, and then they just sort no. of like, they just kind of leave at some point, the movie. <laughs> yeah, they just disappear. They're just like, well, we put in enough time. They look at each other and kind of go like zoinks and they run away. And that's the end of them in the movie. <laughs> So, um, uh, well, I guess, uh, CompuBot, would you watch it? Stop, 9-11. No, CompuBot, it's not how this works. You're, you're from the past. But no, it's not how... He keeps saying that. I, I don't know how he thinks I can stop 9-11. I don't understand what he understands. To... The, the scenario is the here is... the plot of a movie? <laughs> I, I guess so. I maybe he's writing it. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, well, I, I think that's all we have for today. Uh, so you know, uh, uh, Copybot does not have a Twitter. He doesn't have enough processing power, so you won't have to reach him there. But he doesn't have enough can... processing power for 144 characters. He absolutely does not. No, he does not. Wow, that is surprising. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that really took just... me. I was really thinking. How does... <laughs> How does CompuBot not have a Twitter? He should be on there at least, you know, trying to steal passwords or spewing conspiracy theories or... I don't know. Uh, I've got nothing. All right. <laughs> Come back next week where we'll talk about what movie's up next. If you have a movie to suggest, leave it on any social media at slash NAOSpod. Just put the, you know, the web address, Instagram.com, Facebook, whatever. Uh, leave a message of a movie you want us to do. We're always looking for suggestions, especially if you have like some weird movie we were unaware was based on a comic book or some weird 70s TV movie. Uh, let us you know. should do the Giver. We already did the Giver. Sorry, post. I, I take it he doesn't have SoundCloud either? No, no, he definitely doesn't. <laughs> oh, God, CompuBot, you're... This is rough. Uh, I guess the... Cloud. I, no, we'll talk about it later. He's trying to do the wrap-up. Sorry. That's it. We'll see you next week, hopefully without CompuBot. <laughs>